the show, email us your thoughts and opinions at twistmyarmpodcast at gmail.com. Like us on Facebook to access our listener polls. And follow at twistmyarmcast on Twitter. Listen for free on SoundCloud, iTunes, and Stitcher. And now, here's the host of the Twist My Arm Podcast. That's me. It's Josh. I am your host of the Twist My Arm Podcast. Um, I, I'm still fucking... Ex- super excited about that whole intro there. That was really fun. Um, so I guess without further ado, like like the intro said, my name is Josh. I'm your host. And I also have my co-host, Kylie. Hello. And Jesse. Hello. <laughs> yes, we did <laughs> everything that you hear on the Twist My Arm podcast is done by the Twist My Arm podcast. Nobody from the outside came in and, and did anything for us. The deep voice you hear, that sexy lay me down <laughs> by the fire <laughs> thing, is none other than, than Jesse, our, our other co-host. It's a, still a work in progress, but yeah, you'll be hearing more of these fun little twist my arm pieces. It's it's fun. We're having a lot of fun. Oh, yeah. it's It's been a really good time. Um, so uh, that's, that's what... Uh, We've kind of been up to this week, Jesse. How's your week going so far? I know I know you're having a, a few struggles. Yeah, it's uh, it's been a really insane week. Uh, it's been a very good week, but it uh, good and stressful all at the same time. Um, I started a new job, and I also had a bit of a health scare in the family, and I am in the process of quitting smoking altogether. So. <laughs> It's uh, been a lot of stress going on, but uh, I figured, you know, I'll pack everything terrible into one week with everything good, and then by the end of that week, all my change will be out of the way, right? So. There you go. <laughs> that's, that's a good call. I uh, Yeah. <laughs> the quitting smoke. So, so if Jesse's a little irritable this evening or seems a little angry about stuff, it's probably because he's having some Nick fits. And yeah, if uh, I'm shorter than I seem... In in you know a normal conversation, that's probably why. If I'm not liking your Facebook posts, or if I'm leaving nothing but snarky comments on your posts on social media, <laughs> that's probably why. Don't take it personally. Um, I'm working <laughs> on it. I promise, and I'm getting better. So that, that was fun this week. We there was some good little banter on on our uh, poll this week, which we'll get into in a minute. Kylie, how was your week? It was very good. It was uh, this one was interesting. I yeah, work was work. <laughs> work is work. But you got to hang out with your dad this week? Yeah, right? I did. Yeah, I spent some good time with my dad, and he'll be leaving soon, which is semi-sad, but um, but hey. yeah, squeeze some good time yeah. in there, so yeah. it's good. Heck yeah. yeah. And I've just been uh, twisting and uh, arming over here. That's all I've been doing. Oh, Kylie's alarm going off. <laughs> we have a high degree of professionalism here at the Twist My Arm podcast, <laughs> and... We strive to maintain that from week to week, and we really appreciate you guys sticking with us. <laughs> no, it's, it, I am super stoked about the show and and where it's going right now. The we have the new theme song that sounds awesome. Um, for those of you that have been listening for a while, you'll notice some changes in that theme song. Jesse helped out with some of the lyrics. Um, I re-recorded a lot of the instruments and. Uh, and kind of, you know, made it sound a little bit better. And, and we have some other nice little surprises um, as far as that, those little tidbits go. Um, I'm also I'm also digging this new format. Um, for those of you that are just joining us, we're just kind of starting a new 
format um, for our podcast where uh, we keep it a little bit, a little bit simpler. Um, we uh, we talk about things that we know more more so, and and we have kind of w- w- controversial subjects sometimes. I guess. Well, um, in our effort to engage the audience more, what we're doing is placing our interests and disagreements about our interests into the form of Facebook and Twitter polls. So we're going through and saying, for example, the first week we did Star Wars and Star Trek because those are really easy topics for Josh and I to argue about. And it's a really easy topic for other people to have an opinion about enough to want to vote about it. So this week we went, you know, same sort of vein. We kept it nerdy, but we went fantasy instead of sci-fi, which, you know, arguably means we should have included Star Wars this week. (coughs) But moving on anyways. What? Nah, man, we did Star Wars last. Star Wars won <laughs> last week. I don't. It doesn't need to win two polls in a row. No, I know. I'm just saying it's it should be in the fantasy category. That was the joke. <laughs> <laughs> I gotcha. I gotcha. Anyways, go ahead with this week's actual poll and yeah. the results. <laughs> yeah, for sure. So, so yes, like you were saying, we did the Star Wars uh, versus Star Trek last week, and that was kind of our little um, poll. And this week, Kylie kind of gave her little input on on what she wanted for the poll and she wanted to do more fantasy and like basically the the poll is what is your favorite fantasy franchise um still in the middle of finding out the best way to do these polls so i had a couple different ways of posting it we posted it on twitter and facebook and uh i had to go through and do some calculations and add everything up and and read some things um, but the results are in, and <laughs> those of you that voted, thank you and commented. We really appreciate your input and your participation. These polls are really fun, and uh, and and fun. if you didn't vote, like, come on, man, yeah. why not? That we even put an option in there for I don't feel like voting on any of these. Like, mm-hmm. so many of you saw the post and just scrolled right past it. <laughs> I mean, just just. Just give us one click. That's all we're asking. We're just asking yeah. for the one click. That's Are it. you too good for one click? Come on. Yeah. See, that that withdrawal <laughs> of nicotine is really kicking in. I <sighs> see that. <laughs> um, so anyway, without further ado, the results are. Jesse, do you want to take a guess of what the results are? I mean, <laughs> if I if I had to just straight off the top of my head, I would say Game of Thrones probably won uh, just based on recency bias because everybody is watching Game of Thrones and it's, you know, right there fresh in their minds. Or Lord of the Rings because, I mean, it's sort of the basis for every other fantasy franchise that's (laughs) ever been popular, no matter if it's a game or a movie or a TV show or a book. Lord of the Rings was kind of first and everything draws from it. So I would guess it'd be one of those two. Um, Harry Potter, I feel like, is not even on the same like map as those things i mean i know a lot of people say it is and it probably is money wise but i just to me harry potter was never that level of oh yeah this is what i'm you know want to invest all my reading time into and i don't know that's probably a personal preference yeah i was gonna say i totally disagree with that not that i'm a harry potter fanatic by any means but i know so many people who still read all the books there's so many books out there Oh, Especially, definitely. Especially, you know, there, in our, our generation, that when it was happening, when it was starting to be, it was, we were probably middle school kind of generation, and it was the perfect time for young, aspiring, reading minds, Jesse. 
No, I'm not saying the popularity is any different. I'm saying the quality feels different to me. Like Lord of the Rings and Game of Thrones have a certain um, realism to them, even though they're you know clearly fictional settings. The the <laughs> authors there have done the work to create enough of a believability to it. I think. Whereas for Harry Potter, I, I feel like because I was a teenager when I read it and it was about teenagers, I, it just felt more whimsical, I guess, to me. Just, I don't know. It, just it probably my, my isn't. Have you, did you read Harry Potter? Oh, yeah. Okay. I read all of them up to the last one. And then because I think I the would, last one I didn't actually read. I saw the movie of. I would <laughs> fully disagree on the believability aspect of those, like... Each one of those franchises, Game of Thrones, Lord of the Rings, and Harry Potter, all have their believability aspect to them. I mean, Harry Potter, like they, it's very secretive. The whole wizarding world is secretive, and they did a good job of explaining how they keep it a secret and how they keep, you know, wizards in the modern times and how they, you know, keep that stuff alive. Right, and that's what I'm saying. Like, I, it's probably in this case, it's just a personal preference thing. I don't really feel like mixing my dragons and orcs and magic and stuff <laughs> with people with cars and phones and you know houses that are okay. you know, run on electricity. I just so that's just why I say school. that's a personal preference thing. You're just yeah, old man, I get off my lawn, I, yeah, sort of like yeah. <laughs> I guess you could say I'm the Gandalf of the group. Okay, <laughs> all right, that's fine. Well, you're wrong on the poll results. Um, Surprise, because. Lord of the Rings and Game of Thrones tied, actually. Oh, so I, I guess you you could also <laughs> say I was right yeah, twice, but you could. You know. <laughs> <laughs> I was right twice. <laughs> um, but no, Game of Game of Thrones had seven votes. Lord of the Rings had seven votes. Harry Potter had uh, looks like it had five votes, and then we had other three people voted for other. Um, f- our friend Phil voted for Final Fantasy. Which is a strange, uh, like, I mean, maybe maybe it's not that that strange. No, I say that's a good answer because it has just enough of the reoccurring um, themes and pieces throughout that whole series of games to tie them together into one sort of pseudo mythology. Like, obviously, they're not all connected, but sure. they all have the same spells and the same summons and stuff. You know, I guess so that's true. I just I I, I think that's a good Final answer. Fantasy. I never played the whole. Um, uh, franchise. Yeah, only your first one, one so. was fifteen, right? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So that's, I mean, that's crazy. You, you've got, you've got literally thirty years of games to catch up on. Not that you would, you know, need to go do that. I'm just saying, like, that's a lot of source material. So I, I think that's a good answer. There's no, these really big chickens. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Oh, man. Big fast chickens. The chocobos. Don't make fun of me. That's what sold me in that game. I was like watching a preview and I was like, oh my god, they're riding giant chickens. I have to play this game. And I was like, oh, oh my yeah. god. Yeah. <laughs> Kylie just looks at me and she goes, really? <laughs> That's what sold you on that game? But anyway. You sure it wasn't the super androgynous dude with crazy hair and <laughs> magical phantom swords? Like, <laughs> Looks like he should sing for one of my favorite bands. Yeah. Yeah. No. It's oh, that's a good point. Yeah. So true. You should love Final Fantasy. <laughs> right. Um. So then another uh, another comment we had on there. Let me let me get back to the comments here. Uh, um. God damn it, Gremlins. Someone said Gremlins. Gremlins was, was 
good and creepy. Interesting. How many movies did Gremlins have? One, two. Uh, I think they had three, didn't they? I think there was at least three, but I'm not. I'm not a gremlin head. I don't know what they call themselves. Gre- the gremlin head. A grem. Grem. Head. <laughs> I like that. I'm not a. I'm not a giz monster. <laughs> I, don't, <laughs> I don't know what they call themselves. That is a. I mean, that's. I guess I never really thought of that. They're supposed to be making a new Gremlins. Um, last I heard. Weird. I'm not. I'm not about to go look that up. So don't quote me on that. But oh. you can go <laughs> Google it if you would like and and see and then email us. It shouldn't be impossible to believe that somebody would just remake that. Yeah, it's like, gotta happen eventually. Yeah, you would think. Oh, that was our friend uh, Sean, said Gremlins, and then our our other friend's favorite fantasy franchise is uh, the Casting Couch. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I don't know what that is. We're just gonna, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> just gonna move on from that. Um, so yeah, good good job. Thanks everyone for voting on that. It was interesting to see a, a tie there. Game of Thrones and Lord of the Rings. Uh, Kylie, if you had to have the last say, if you had to have the winning vote, who would you vote for? Oh, I don't know. That's a tough one. I like them both a lot. They're both, I, you know, I like the renaissance kindness. Sure. Um, um, I don't know. I, th- uh, that's a really tough one. If Should I had we to flip a coin on it? Uh, no, <laughs> I, I think I should probably be able to make a decision. Um, I'm thinking <laughs> maybe Lord of the Rings, actually. Yeah? Yeah. All right. Yeah. So the Can I put in my two cents there, too? Yes. I think it's because, for me, anyway, I would also vote Lord of the Rings, Kylie. Um, <laughs> I think it's because without Lord of the Rings, the rest of those shows just don't exist. Like, yeah, there that, is that's no, kind of what I'm thinking, yeah. There's no popularization of the fantasy dr- genre without Lord of the Rings, which means... You don't get, um, you know, the games Warcraft um, and EverQuest and stuff like that. You don't get the show Game of Thrones. You don't get Harry Potter because you don't have those young English authors growing up reading their idols and going, I want to be the next person to write one of those. Um, I'm thinking my Game of Thrones. Well, well, just one sec. Game of Thrones is really good. And I think it translates so well to television because it was written that way. Like if you read the books, it's clearly written to be like, okay, put a commercial here. Okay. And then cut back to this setting. You know, like he wrote it in a very uh, TV friendly way on purpose. That was his goal was to get it adapted into a TV show. Sure. So more power to him. Um, and that's pretty clear. Like he goes, George R. R. Martin is clearly an homage to the name J. R. R. Tolkien. So sure. I just feel like it, it, you got to recognize the, um, the influence that Lord of the Rings has had, even if you don't like it as a piece of literature, you have to recognize the influence and the, you know, importance of that piece in that genre. Totally agreed. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I was thinking uh, one of the, my favorite things about Lord of the Rings is that uh, there's, as opposed to um, Game of Thrones, there's different kinds of species, there's different kinds of races out there. Whereas, you know, you have your Dornish people and your, you know, your winter ice people, you know what I mean? In Game of Thrones, you have, <laughs> you don't you have know, like tree folk, I guess. Yeah, you, tree folk or <laughs> orcs or elves or... Well, I don't know, because you got the White Walkers. Well, yeah, but the, I mean, but you got your White Walkers and you got your humans. I mean, that's pretty much. It. Well, I guess you, I guess you got you got your dragons and you got your um, giants. 
Okay. But that's <laughs> not, there's not like a different, you know, there's no orcs. There's not a different, a not, not a whole lot of different races of people. And I just thought that was kind of interesting. That That's what gives the whole mystical aspect the magic for me. Is I guess out of all of those, Game of Thrones would have the least amount of different yeah it's mostly yeah creatures and stuff and you have your you have your normal like typical you know like your dragons and your Mm. dire wolves i mean i guess dire wolves is not a typical thing but you got your dog like a giant Mm, and there's a lot of mysticism and characters coming back from the dead and yeah no it's definitely there's the tree people the like children of the the point i think that the point that i was making with that was that because that world feels so really like truly established like all the detail work is done, so it feels like a real world. So right. that when those fantasy elements come in, they're not quite so jarring to us. It's sure. not like, oh, really, a dragon? It's like, <laughs> oh, well, yeah, of course, you know, there'd be a dragon because it's, you know, back in dragon times. Like, sure. it just feels like it fits there. But I think, again, that goes back to because without, you know, our introduction to those character archetypes of the evil dragon and you know the benevolent elf creature lady without all that stuff we never get these new stories that sort of mess with those tropes and flip them around so without lord of the rings there is no game of thrones or song of fire and ice and things like that sure but i think that it provided that great template like here's all the elements you can draw from and then what game of thrones did was like let me write the closest I can to a historical fiction, and then I'll just pull tiny little pieces of magic in one <laughs> at a time, and then eventually it'll be pretty magical, but nobody will really fault it for that. Right. And I guess I uh, think it was really well done. Our friend uh, Jeremy Chip, he was on our uh, Avengers Infinity War trailer episode, our bonus episode a few months back. He would disagree with you as he says he grew up a Potterhead. Game of Thrones is a nifty eight seasons, and Lord of the Rings is overhyped and an oversaturated map quest with elves. <laughs> so, so, and that I would ask if he's talking <laughs> specifically about the movies, or is he talking about he's read all of the books in all those franchises, and he prefers the way that some of them are written versus the way the others are written? There's some clarification that I would ask for there, but he makes valid points. There you go. And if you're listening, Chip, you know, send us a comment. Let's do this. <laughs> But he also he responded you you responded to him none of those other shows would exist without Lord of the Rings which you just perfectly described why you would say that and then he retorted just because it was first doesn't mean it's good Marvel wouldn't exist without DC but that doesn't mean DC is worth reading and I thought that was an interesting comment just considering your uh, comic kind of background and what you like in comics you're more of a right. DC fan as far as I understand. Um, it's, and it's one of those things like, I appreciate both sides of the aisle there. It's like with Star Wars and Star Trek, I would say I'm a Trekkie, but I don't hate on Star Trek or Star Wars really other than for fun, you know? Sure. So it's like, it's sort of the same thing with Marvel and you can't, nobody in their right mind is going to sit and tell you that DC is doing a better job right now than Marvel is because that's just blatantly, (laughs) objectively not true. Right. So... It, it's it's sort of like, yeah, I have nostalgia and respect for the old DC stories that I really liked. And I have a lot of those comic runs, like physically, I own them. So right. I can read them. But as far as the new media and all the stories that are coming out now, Marvel is definitely where it's at. Especially when it comes to merchandising and collectibles and things like that. It's yeah. a lot easier to be into Marvel right now. You know, and, and I was just thinking, you know, I was like, I was thinking in my head right now, we should do, our next poll should be, what's your favorite Marvel or DC 
but then I, I realized that, I mean, no one's really going to vote for D.C. at this point. I well, and, and, I then, and then I'm going to be the guy to step in and be like, well, yeah, you voted for this Marvel character, but did you know he was based on this DC character, <laughs> which was itself a ripoff of a Marvel character that had already been pulled from a DC character? Well, like, <laughs> well that's may, the point with comics is what, like maybe that's what we'll have to do then. Is but that's the point that I'm making with this too is that all of that stuff is derivative of basically one place, and that place is Tolkien's Middle Earth. Sure. So you don't get those things without that. We don't even get to have this argument unless he does unless he does that. Because when was then Lord you of don't Rings get written you don't basically get the whole fantasy franchise as a popular thing. I wanna say the first one was published in the forties or the fifties. I'm looking it up right now. Do it. Uh, could be it could have been as late as the sixties, but I wanna say it was earlier than I th- that. I thought it was earlier than even the forties. I could also be wrong. Um, but the point about it is yeah. that when when he was writing that, his job or like his profession was like he was a linguist. So he used that background to lend realism to his own world. He wrote all those languages, Elvish and Orcish and Eldar and whatever they call them, so that he could say, you know, oh, here's the thousand years of history that I can draw from that I just made up that I can use to tell these stories. And, and he wrote all that stuff. Like, the appendices for Lord of the Rings were as long as the books. He was like, here's the history of everything that happened before you started reading. And that was mind-blowing, but it lended, it lent such a sense of realism to the world. Well, and it actually... So, uh, Tolkien wrote The Hobbit, which was published in 1937, and then Lord of the Rings was the sequel to The Hobbit, which was published... In uh, 1954 and 55. There you go. So you so have about al- almost 20 years in between from The Hobbit and, and Lord of the Rings. But obviously he had written written all of them at the same time and then released them. Right. You know, kind of. In or was working on it for a long time. Right. At the same time. Yeah. Right. But no, I guess, yeah, that, that, that makes sense. Um, there wasn't a lot of other books out there. As far as I know, are series out there that that had that kind of fantasy aspect to it before. It was, I believe, it was basically just him and um, was it C.S. Lewis who did uh, oh, Lion, the Witch, and the go. Wardrobe C.S. series? Lewis. Okay. So, so those were like the exact same time. Uh, I believe the two authors were contemporaries, mm-hmm. and um, so those were sort of the the forming of the fantasy genre. Um, obviously, when you look, when you read through. Um, uh, the C.S. Lewis series, there's a bit more of a religious overtones and undertones to oh, the to that sure. piece. For sure. Whereas Lord of the Rings is more of a spiritualized version of that, I think, more than a religious thing. Kylie, did you ever um, read the Lion, Witch, and Wardrobe series? Yes. I was Chronicles of Narnia. Narnia. I was a big fan <laughs> because of his last name. Oh, right. Lewis. Okay. <laughs> that makes sense. Yeah. That makes sense. Um... Well, cool. Anything else that we should throw in about these fantasy titles? So I would also say, like, it's not just that we don't get Game of Thrones. It's not just that we don't get Harry Potter. It's that we don't get Dungeons and Dragons. We don't get (laughs) World of Warcraft. We don't get EverQuest. You don't 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 think that we wouldn't have something 
s- uh, derived from from another book series that someone would have written? Could have been something. Uh, completely I don't different. know. I mean, it, it the, it's impossible to know because <laughs> that is our cultural beginning of that. There's, sure. I, I don't know if there's a way to argue that point. I mean, I'm sh- I know that. Before he wrote about them, yes, dragons existed. And before he wrote about them, yes, elves existed. But I'm nearly certain that he was the first to sort of create a common mythology for all of those things and, you know, give them their own setting. Okay. Um, so, it, I mean, I'm sure eventually we would have ended up with some similar fantasy, you know, type tropes. Um Fantasy, a lot of the times, tends to follow, like, hero journey stories and, you know, story archetypes that have been around for thousands of years anyway. So it's arguable that eventually the story archetypes would have driven that same sort of um, setting. Like, it might have created that, you know, naturally. Like, well, (laughs) we need a new setting. So let's say it's, you know, here but a thousand years ago. Like, somebody may have come around to fantasy in a different way. But it's so hard to speculate on that because of Lord of the Rings' existence. Right. Everything draws from that. So many people were influenced by that openly. So it's 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 something to consider, you know, like not and again, I'm not saying that because it was first that means it was good. But if you've read the books, I mean, arguably as a piece of literature, they're really good. So yeah, if no, you I haven't, agree. I would definitely recommend reading those books. I agree. Um yeah, that that's. I have re- I've read the Lord of the Rings book series, but I have not read Game of Thrones, so I would not be able to compare the two as far as. So that I would goes, say, but having read both book series, I would say it's very clear um, what the difference is, right. and it's not. It doesn't make one better or worse than the other in my head. It's just two different things. Yeah. Um, but when you read the Game of Thrones books. I, I'm I'm not kidding. Like the the fades to black and the cuts to the next scene in the show are literally written into the books. Okay. Like he just he he'll stop a chapter and then the next chapter, instead of numbering the chapters, what he does is he names them after whoever's perspective they're written by. Right. I did. So, I didn't know that. Right. So in the ch- in the book, a chapter will be called Tyrion, and it's right. from his perspective, and then the next chapter will be called Jon Snow, and it's from his perspective. So. Every time a new chapter starts, that's where there's a fade to black in the show or a cut to commercial <laughs> or you know something like that. Like he he had spent years writing fantasy novels already and his goal at that point was to sell one to be a TV show so that he could retire. <laughs> that's funny. He just didn't anticipate that sense, yeah. that would work so well, yeah. so he was, you know, kind of behind by the time they needed him to be done. Yeah, so no shit. Um, and you know, you can tell reading the books that that's how it was. Now, conversely, when you're reading Lord of the Rings, you can sort of tell that it was written by a guy whose profession was linguist. He, it's very thick. It's very um, loquacious. It's very tedious to get through sometimes, but that doesn't yeah. necessarily make it bad. It, it's it's part of what it is because to me that adds to the mystique of it. It's like I have to translate what I, the words that I know into super old 1940s yeah. English to even understand what he's talking it about. Was, was then I can start to grasp to it. it. Yeah, so it, it to me it adds a, a layer of immersion because I have to get into, okay, fake history mode anyway <laughs> just to figure out what he's talking about. Sure. So I, I really appreciate them both but in very different ways. And I, like I said, I would say that 
they're both arguably good pieces of literature. And I wonder if that was that one comment saying, you know, one of them is oversaturated MapQuest. I'm wondering <laughs> if he's talking about the books themselves, because that would be a valid point to say that sometimes Lord of the Rings books are a little too bloated. That's sure. fair. Totally yeah. fair to say. So, well, so yeah. to close that, uh, this little segment out, what do you think of Amazon making a Lord of the Rings TV series? Uh, I think they waited 10 years too long, 15 <laughs> years too long, maybe. Do you uh, do you think it's going to be the main quest or is it going to be something would you I would rather have something outside in like Middle Earth like after the the my guess of the ring or bef- you know in the middle of My everything. guess is that it will be every Middle Earth story that hasn't been told on screen yet. So like um the Silmarillion and Tom oh, Bombadil okay. and um you know all the characters that got cut out of the Hobbit or you know Lord of the Rings okay. things like that um which you know as a as a concept I'm fine with but again you guys should have started late. this like right after Game of Thrones season 1 because now it's just going to feel like I don't know I feel like it's too late <laughs> I'm sure I'm wrong about that but it feels like they should have done it earlier. Yeah, for sure. Well, that's the poll results for the for the week. Lord of the Rings has taken it by very close margin. Very close. Two. Kylie and Jesse voted. So, by two. Um, this next week's poll, I don't know what we're going to do yet. We'll figure it out. I'll have it up by, I don't know, Tuesday, Wednesday. If you want to give us a suggestion for a poll... Send us an email. We've done like nerdy stuff on the last two polls. If we can, we should try and pick like um, maybe something more accessible, like music or uh, yeah, I'm th- I think music will be or a something. Good one. Music will be a good one for sure. Quick twist. Quick twist is a nitpick shit fit on a topic we can cover quick. One topic per host, be it praise or roast. Send any topic suggestions to our Facebook page. And now, for this week's Quick Twist. All right, there's our other bumper for our second segment of the show. Second of three I was segments. dancing in my chair. Me, uh, <laughs> me too. <laughs> it is the Quick Twist I'm in twist love with that, segment. seriously. <laughs> I am too. I, ser- that's probably my favorite bumper ever. <laughs> um, so, this week, I wanted to start with Jesse. What is your quick twist of the week? So my quick twist this week is um, sort of hark us back to our last episode, the Star Wars versus Star Trek conversation. Um, In my effort to find things to help me pass the time and try not to concentrate on nicotine cravings and things like that, trying to, you know, better myself as a person and make a conscious effort to, you know, be healthier and things like that. I'm having to find ways to spend that time that I would normally spend outside, inside, and, you know, occupied so that I'm not thinking about that all the time. So um, one of the things that I've always thought was really cool, and this this is going to sound super nerdy, and I'm totally fine with that, but when you watch Star Trek The Next Generation, you'll notice there's a lot of paintings on the walls of the Enterprise, like... It's a very lived-in space, and there's a lot of just stuff on the walls for people's comfort. So I recently got a package of, like, 30 canvases at the store for, like, 14 bucks. So I have a lot of canvas and a lot of paint that I need to use. 
So mm. I've started going through some of the Star Trek Next Generation episodes and picking out paintings to replicate for my walls at my own house. Nice. Interesting. Yeah. That's <laughs> it's way, really cool. Like That's a good way to the, do uh, that for sure. Yeah, it's 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 a nice way for me to practice because I suck at painting. So it's like a great way to take some source material that I, you know, care about and am willing to look at for hours on end. <laughs> Uh, while I attempt to recreate it. So the first one that I'm doing is, um, it's hard to describe. I can put a picture up on maybe with the the show notes or something, but yeah, keep, keep us basically, those, yeah, those, uh, <laughs> it's, um, paintings, it's pieces. like a, uh, it's a photo of um, Neptune taken from one of its moons. So it's got like some gray moon landscape in the foreground and then a big blue planet in the background um it's seen a few times in the uh observation lounge in the next generation and then sometimes it's in various crew quarters and things like that okay. but if you've if you've seen the show frequently you'll recognize the photo immediately so that's uh what i've been doing this week in an attempt to stay nerdy and pass my time <laughs> it's a good way to do it though and oh man quitting smoking is the hardest thing to do in the world so literally literally (laughs) the (laughs) hardest thing in the world so i commend the shit out of you for for being brave enough to go on that trek i am gonna try and do that myself here soon it's um i've done it i've tried it it's a new thing for me i i just it's one of those things like you know the whole time that you are smoking that you shouldn't be smoking and I feel like at a certain point you you have to there because nobody's going to take that responsibility for you. Right. So at a certain point you have to say, all right, I'm done with this. It's time to be done and just be done. So um, just a little piece of advice. Cold turkey really hurts. But if you can do it, <sighs> more power to you. <laughs> That's the last time I tried quitting, I tried cold turkey and it was rough. I was working in a restaurant at the time as well. And, oh, yeah. Uh, yeah. People people didn't like me for that month. <laughs> but yeah if uh yeah that's what i'm saying if i come across extra arrogant on this episode that's probably why i'm just that's totally cool it, it'll, it's it'll just be a like natural that for thing. a couple weeks i'm sure <laughs> um but i uh, congratulations on that and good luck to you on that adventure thank you i um, will be posting a photo of these paintings as soon as they are each finished um I may do work in progress photos. The problem is that sometimes I just forget to do that. So I might just take final product photos, but we'll keep you guys updated. Yeah, <laughs> for sure. Jesse's uh non smoking paintings or something. I don't know. We'll think of something yeah. catchy. Um Kylie, what was your quick twist for the week? Well What, what are you twisting over? <laughs> Um, I don't know. I like to uh, try to think of things that you guys wouldn't come up with. So this time, I um, and I was thinking about it. I I don't know if I necessarily have a um, opinion one way or the other, but <laughs> um, as of 2016, they decided that they're going to make all cars that they make now automatic. So no stick shift. No stick shift. I think that they're going to like keep like obviously like race cars, like actual well, yeah. race cars. Yeah, and yeah. Wait, that's too. There's that's way too generic. Who said that? And what manufacturer? And and what? I uh, know th- uh, that's just like that's just across the board. It was. Uh, oh it's like all manufacturers. Let me see if I can find that news article. Um, 
But okay, but is that like a mandate by set by some country's law, or is that a worldwide thing set down by like? I the, think it's like, just like, America in particular. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. Is, that's probably just because people here already don't know how to drive. So the, the more control we can take from them, probably the better. I'm, <laughs> I'm thinking that it has a lot to do with just, I think that it's aimed more towards just like the ease and convenience of driving a car. I don't, I don't know if there's well, a, like a whole lot of thought one way or the I other put into it. I think it also is starting to build into self-driving cars. Yeah, yeah, that, exactly. Yeah, that's a good point. And I think another part of it is probably that We've probably gotten better at making automatic engines a lot more efficient so yes. that it's not right. it's not wasting a ton of RPMs like they used to and things like that to where, you know, driving a manual is probably arguably more inefficient because there's a greater um, chance for human error. Right. And I know that. Yeah, I, I think that if you do know how to drive correctly, it's definitely more efficient. But I don't think that most people know how to drive correctly. So that defeats the purpose. Well. <laughs> and you know from the other side it, driving a manual is really fun i mean so you, fun. you always feel like you're racing it doesn't matter how fast you're going like you feel cool doing it oh, so hell yeah. i i feel for the people that are gonna miss their their manual transmissions but this is also america so i'm sure there will be a, an aftermarket um custom you know manual and transmission there, there definitely is you can special order your manual cars but it's just way yeah. more expensive now. yeah but then the, but then now they're custom <laughs> yeah exactly so you're uh, I really like, all I you're like doing is manuals. making some people want to drive manual even more yep. i think like <laughs> me i definitely would love to do that um i think our friend travis put it best when he said i will trade in my manual when you give me a lever that puts me in hyperspace <laughs> Yes, I love it. That's like, that's I think that's pretty much how a lot of people yep. feel about it. Like, unless I'm doing a one motion thing to light speed, I need to be able to control my car with this lever. Yep, <laughs> yep. That's uh, that's a good way to close that out for sure. Because I I like my manual as well. So I I think that everyone should learn how to drive a car a stick shift. Follow um, at the Travis Lab on Twitter. Yeah, there you go. Um, but yeah, that's just my two cents, I guess. Josh, what's your quick twist any of the week? Well, I just wanted to see if Kylie had any other uh, anything else she wanted to say about not ha not being able to buy a uh, manual transmission anymore. You know, no, I I <laughs> don't have. A, I was just wondering because I know a lot of people out there are pretty upset about it. Okay. Um, and that you know, like everybody Jesse was saying in particular, um, it's a lot of fun to drive. Yeah. So I think that I I was just kind of wondering what you know you guys were thinking about it or. Yeah, I've I've heard very vague things about the the slight change and everything, but yeah, I mean I grew up on a stick shift, so I, I, I that's kind I of still I um yeah, so I drive a an automatic, but I always have my hand on the <laughs> shifter, yeah. and um thankfully the Volkswagen has the the like it's like automatic manual mode, yep, where I can put it in drive and then just tap it uh, up or down from there, like when I want to shift. That's what the Jeep's um, got. Yeah, so I think that's probably the way to go. Give people that you know little illusion of you, slightly yeah. more control, kind of feel like <laughs> and <you're> then <laughs> yeah, and then you know go from there. But you're you're probably also right with the self driving cars thing. They're like we're gonna have to put something there just for you to do with your hand, mm -hmm. like 
Yeah, for there'll sure. be a there'll be a built-in cat's cradle with some string and some sticks in every car that you can just mess with while you're you know being driven around. Fuck yes, that will be fun. Just yarn, <laughs> just a s- some string there that I can bat with my giant human paws. Anyway, <laughs> my quick twist of the week: Gotham, the show, the Fox Television show Gotham, Batmanville is like. I mean, it's taken my this the, my favorite spot as far as like uh, shows on TV right now. Um, I got I'm, I'm over the Flash. I'm over Arrow. Those shows are just they're just boring now. A little redundant. Haven't been doing much as far as changing or s- or whatever. I, I don't know how to really describe it, but they're they're just kind of trite at this point, and I'm and I'm bored with it. Whereas Gotham is, man, that show is getting closer and closer to having a Batman year one storyline where you have <laughs> Batman in the suit and, oh man, it's going to be so tight. Okay, so to play devil's advocate, how long has this show been on? It's in its fifth, fourth or fifth season, I think. Okay, so five years into the Batman TV show, we're really close to a Batman story. Shut I up, dude. That, that just sounds, I mean, you know what I'm saying? Like, that sounds... No, but the <laughs> the way that they started it, he, the kid was twelve when they started the show. Batman, oh, okay. as far as in his history, never really came to be Batman until he was in his twenties, right? Right. Like uh, at least. Like he still kind of fought and fought crime and did his like thing, but he never really doned the cowl until. Never did the never did the bat thing. Yeah. Um. Let me. It's uh, it's in its fourth season. It looks like yeah, fourth season. And <sighs> I don't. It's. I, I'm glad that I'm glad that you're saying it has quality, because I I would never know that otherwise. It's <laughs> and you know me and you disagree on a lot of different things. So you, I don't know if you'd like it or not. But well, and it's I funny mean, because it's in general I have more forgiving attitude towards DC properties <laughs> than most. But I'm just. I couldn't get behind it, and I couldn't get behind Smallville ever. So, you know, at me on Twitter. I just I couldn't do it. <laughs> at it's me. A, it's a little bit like Smallville, but not as slow. And the villains are very uh, apparent. Um, they have their their little villain names very early on, and you know they're 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 rising to their criminal power. Um, my only complaint is that Poison Ivy's character, the actress that has played Poison Ivy, has they're on their third actress now. Oh, <laughs> wow. And basically the, the first time they changed actresses, they pushed the old actress into a vat of chemicals and she came out as this hot, new, like, fucking smoking red-haired chick. <laughs> and then... Okay. Uh, yeah. Okay, I'm intrigued. Yeah, and then... <laughs> They d- and she's older at this point, like like she grew up basically in these chemicals, and and then she has these these plant powers and shit. And so in this newer s- this newest season, she, as the as the hot redhead, goes into this. Uh, it's in an episode. She visits this guy that has these chemicals that she can use to her advantage, and you know f- for plants and shit, poison ivy stuff. And she ends up taking some of these chemicals. And rapping in a cocoon, and then emerging a new actress. <laughs> oh, <laughs> even a little bit older now. <laughs> Weird. And so that my that's my only complaint. Every other character has stayed the same. They're the same actor through the whole show. 
But for so some reason, Poison Ivy, it's like they needed some flash for a second, and then everyone got pissed because they took the kid, like, awkward-looking Poison Ivy out, put in this hot model-looking chick. Everyone got pissed, so they're like, okay, we're going to put in some regular girl now. And I don't People know. We'll go halfway through. Uh, so weird, my, question, my question then is, as somebody who's never seen it, how many other um, characters have spilled chemicals or splashed chemicals or fell in chemicals as part of their storyline? How frequently? Like, not many. It just not many. It sounds, and I, I'm glad about that. It not just many. sounds like it sounds like the kitsch or cheese effect is up high it, from an well, outside perspective. But I don't. I, again, I haven't seen it, so I don't. It's a lot like older Batman cheese with a darker twist, kind of. You know what I'm saying? Oh, so like a more aged cheddar. Gotcha. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So like uh, Solomon Grundy, for instance, um, he his character is it's a this is kind of a spoiler, but I mean, for whatever he's his character is basically he's a genius, right? No, he fucking <laughs> he's a thug for one of the for Penguin forever. And then his girlfriend's friend shoots him in the head and then he ends up getting dumped off in a it's it's very similar to the comics and how they did it with with the real Solomon Grundy. But he gets dumped off in this, like, swamp area that Mm -hmm. has chemicals in it. It's like a chemical dumping ground. So that's two characters. That's what I was saying, not many. So (laughs) that's two characters. But he's dead, and he, he like, raises from the dead and, like, hears that Solomon Grundy song from some campers and Mm -hmm. goes all crazy, you know, born on a Monday thing. (laughs) Label me a Solomon Grundy, will you? I'll show you a Solomon Grundy, (laughs) I will. But but it was the way they did it was really cool. Like I really, the it was a twist. You know, you can't really. I'm not gonna tell you which character it was or anything, if, just in case you decide to watch it ever. But but the way that they introduced that villain into the the world was was really cool, and it was it was you know fun. Um, Bruce Wayne is at this point he's at his playboy stage. I think he's just now out of high school, so he's about 18, 19 now. And he's been kind of working with Lucius Fox uh, and, and, like, getting some crazy armor and shit. And at the beginning of the season, he went out and kind of fought some crime and got his ass kicked a few times and kind of dressed up like Batman a little bit. You know, it was it was really cool. That's that's what's kind of kept me in at this point is that they showed a preview of that. I was with Gotham. It was getting to that the arrow and flash point where I was getting bored with it. And then this season yeah. really brought it back in, you know, really. Well, and like, how long can you go with a Batman TV show without showing Batman? For I sure, just, it, it's like a, they, they did the same thing with Smallville. They were like, "We're gonna go as long as we can without <laughs> showing a Superman <laughs> in a Superman show," and then, <laughs> then it ends up we'll being tease awesome people and it goes just enough. I just, eh. I, I are, so. Um, Unless you have another point on that one to make, my next question would be: Are you? Do you have any interest in the Krypton series on Sci-Fi? Kind of. I don't know. I don't know how I feel about it yet. It looks intriguing, but I'm just. I don't know. I'm so disappointed with DC. Go- Gotham is the only saving grace for me right now. And I, I could. I guess I'll give it a shot. I I know I'll give it a I shot liked, and watch some of it. I really it, liked um, Wonder Woman, and I liked that there was in one of those Justice League trailers I saw the bad guy said something about there are no lanterns here. Yeah. So I still have hope that we'll get a really cool lantern story, maybe with a different lantern character than Hal Jordan. But 
I have hope there, and I did really enjoy Wonder Woman, and I liked Captain Kirk. And, uh, sorry, Chris Pine in that movie too. So, <laughs> are you uh, are you cool with the uh, Flashpoint getting announced for twenty twenty? I did not see that that had been announced, but it doesn't surprise me. And I'm it as a casual DC media fan right now. Like like I was saying, I prefer their old stories and their comics and stuff. Their new stuff doesn't really do it for me as far as TVs and movies. So as a casual DC media fan, I I don't really care. Like I I sure. still really enjoy the um uh the Justice League animated movies that I have, like Ultimate Justice League one and two. Mm-hmm. You know, um all that stuff like. <laughs> or sorry, the, I was thinking the Ultimate Avengers. What I'm thinking of is the, uh, the Justice League movies that had Nathan Fillion as Green Lantern, and they had Kevin sure. Conroy as Batman. You know, all the actual voices that I grew up with. So mm-hmm. I really like the animated Justice League movies, but not quite so much the um, the. I'm not super excited to see the new Justice League movie. I still haven't seen it yet. So. I just watched it recently, and it's. Okay. <laughs> I checked it out. It sucks. <laughs> it's fine. Um, it's. I definitely would agree that DC does better with their cartoons than Marvel does. But let's yeah. be honest, that Marvel, that fucking Avengers Infinity War trailer has me shitting my pants. Yeah, it looks great. I mean, there's... Dude, listen. Me and you went and saw Iron Man when it came out in theaters. And... And then they had that teaser at the end at the with end. their, like, there's a hammer on the ground. And yeah, you're man. like, oh, my God. And I remember speculating with you for so long about the Avengers and what they're going to do and how fucking cool it would be if they had a Thanos story and, like, Infinity Stones and, like, if they could actually pull that off. And here we are 10 years later, and that shit is coming to fruition. And it looks incredible. It's going to be great. Man, I, I just, I can't even. It's it's kind of like the movie to end all movies for me. I'm, I'm <laughs> glad the last Jedi came out when it did because Han Solo is going to be nothing compared to this movie. I guarantee it. Yeah. But so in 2019 we get the second one, the second one, and we get the conclusion. Episode nine. Yeah. We get the new lion King. We get live action Mulan. We get, there's a lot of cool stuff coming in 2019. And I think the, I think the, 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 this first part of the Infinity War is going to have us itching for the second one so much. That oh, yeah, they'll cliffhang it. Hard. They're gonna cli- the, it's going to be a hard cliffhanger. And I think the conclusion to that is going to be even better than the first one, you know, seeing the end of and that story. And now the lines. conclusion. Yeah, and I'm a little worried about how, how they're going to move forward after that. You know, like it, it seems like this, this should be the culmination of everything, and they should just kind of stop. <laughs> This is where they're going to decide. I bet you what they do is they'll leave it at a cliffhanger status and then read all the online uproar mm-hmm. and go, okay, so we're going to use that to determine where to go from here in our well, next movie two years from now. They're already <laughs> filming the second Infinity War. It's already yeah. almost done. But I mean, I mean, as far as like which franchises to focus on and oh, things like that, four. you have to believe Black Panther going forward is going to get a bunch of sequels. Um, Doctor Strange will. Spider-Man. Doctor Strange, yeah. Ant-Man and Wasp looks like it's going to be really fun, so I hope that they, that gets turned in. I would watch that even as a TV show. Yeah. Like, there you go. Um, Paul Rudd, probably way too expensive for that now, but... Maybe. He's done some, some smaller roles. He did the, the movie Mute on Netflix. It's a Netflix special. Haven't watched it yet, but it looks pretty interesting. Oh, I did see the trailer for that, but I also didn't watch it. Um, But no, I, I'm a little... 
I think, oh man, the best part about this is that they, the Fox, they got Fox and they got those X-Men characters. And so I guess now, now that I think about it in this two minutes that we've been talking about this subject, I think now knowing that they have the X-Men and those properties and that they can bring in, you know, Galactus or something like that later on down the road, I think there's there's potential for another epic fucking 10-year storyline, you know. Definitely possible. Hopefully. Um, I think that's going to conclude our quick twist. I know we went off on a little tangent there. Quick, 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 quick twist. No, that's what it's for. You yeah. use a quick topic to go on a quick little yeah. tangent. No, exactly. Um, and that's, that's what we're doing. Instead of, you know, we, we kind of kind of use one thing to branch off on some other things and, and then close it out quickly. So, anyway, Gotham, check it out. It's a, it's a fun show. It's definitely, it's fun. That's all, that's all I'm going to say. It's fun. Check it out. We're going to take a quick break. Um, I'm going to play a new song from a band. I, you know, I, I lost a lot of the bands that I was supposed to be playing on the show, the local bands. So I'm in the hunt for some new local bands to be a part of the show. Um, if you're a local Denver band, Greeley, Loveland, Fort Collins, anywhere, any of those areas, go yeah. ahead and send us an MP3. Tell us who you are. Tell us what you want it to play. Tell us how much of it to play. We'll play the whole thing if you want. Right. Tell us what the song's about. We'd love to feature you on the show. We'd also like you to come in and do an interview if you want. Exactly. We, we do the living room sessions. I'm, I'm still working out some new living room sessions guests. Um, those will be random episodes here and there. Uh, but... But yeah, I, I just I'm looking for some more local music, and for our break this time, I'm gonna play a new song by a band that I absolutely fucking love from high school, that's still making music, which makes me happy. It's <laughs> they're called Bless the Fall, and this is uh, a song called uh, Melodramatic, off their new album. Don't worry, it's released. It's already released. It's a single. It's good. You can go buy it on iTunes. You can check them out on Facebook. If you don't know this band, I definitely recommend checking them out. They're hard as fuck. And we will be right back. I need the anchor 
Welcome back to the show. That was Bless the Fall with the song called Melodramatic. It's such a good song. I love it. I've been rocking it for a minute now. Well, since it came out, I guess, since they released it <laughs> a couple weeks ago. <laughs> anyway, uh, I'm your host, Josh, for the Twist Morning Podcast. I have my co-host here, Jesse. Kylie hey. has departed to the land of dreams. She was a bit tired, so she wanted to get her two cents in about the automatic transmission thing. And, uh, and she did. So, so now we're going to move on to our main event, our main course, our main topic of the week, I guess. This is our topic that we have for the first few, you know, few episodes. It's going to be a host talking about something that might be a little controversial that maybe not everybody agrees with. Uh, last week we talked about ICP. Kylie, um, well, I j- basically just talked about ICP. If you, <laughs> if you haven't gotten a chance, I really recommend you go listen to that episode. Uh, I, I think we did a really good job with it, um, with our new format. It was one of our most focused and streamlined and well-executed episodes from start to finish that we've ever done, in my opinion. Um, but I'm also part of the show, so... No, I would agree you know. with that, and that's <laughs> that's what we're trying to base everything off of. And so, this week for our, we still haven't even figured out our, our name for this yet. We we at least have two thirds of it down. Next week we'll have the bumper and everything for the main topic. But this week we're talking about Nintendo and why I think personally Nintendo is the best video game corporation in the world. Um. I think a lot of people would disagree with me on that at this point, this stage in the game. Jesse, what would you say? Just just, just at first glance, with that statement right there, what would you say to that? Um, I would say that it's understandable why you might feel that way. And um, I would ask you to qualify that statement in a couple of ways if I were going to argue that point. So I would say something like, are you saying they are the most important video game company overall? Or are you saying like as far as hardware is concerned? Or are you saying as far as software is concerned? Or are you saying, you know, you think that their products are um, overall better than the products of other gaming companies? And do you mean all developers? Or do you mean (laughs) high-level developers (laughs) like Sony? um, Developers that own their own console like Nintendo does. So Sony or Microsoft. I'm talking... Or are you talking every gaming company possible? Because a lot of games are free and don't, you know, get published by a big company and stuff like that. Like, I... I, No, totally. I I get that with the... There's a lot of free phone games now and computer games you can get and stuff like that. But no, I, as far as console video games and handheld video games and just the way that video games are run, I guess I would say, um, the way that they evolve is all because of Nintendo. They, everything that has ever happened is because of them. Just like you were saying about Lord of the Rings earlier, you don't have these systems now or this innovation without Nintendo. I don't care. Yeah. (laughs) I mean, it's arguable that gaming consoles may have sprung up without Nintendo, for example, may have come directly from Microsoft had it not already been available through Nintendo. Right. Um, Because Microsoft had a stated goal of wanting to put a computer in everybody's house. And they figured the easiest way to do that was to make it entertaining. Um, So, 
but but here's uh, you know another another example of why why they're the the best is they have adapted through for everything everything that has ever yeah they might come a little late sometimes uh hd systems for instance should have been out at but uh, they're more about they're more worried about the experience than they are about the specifications and that's that's how they've been forever do you know do you know how long nintendo's been a company Nintendo's been around for like 185 years, if I'm not it's mistaken. They were they founded like in the 1800s or they something. Started right they started from 1889 to 1956 as a card company. They there you were, go. They 1889. Were, exactly. They were a playing card company, um, and then you know after that's <laughs> that's oh, that's 99 years before I was born. <laughs> right, right, and so so they've been in the business of gaming in general for ever, and. They they kind of I I think they they know how to get people's attention, um, and they've done it for years now. They they started uh, doing other sort of ventures as far as like playing cards and board games and stuff from 1956 to 1974, but then 1974 to 78 they started kind of doing the handheld games. It was their first uh, venture into video game industry the video game industry um i'm getting all of this off of wikipedia by the way if you just go to wikipedia and search nintendo you can find all <laughs> of this information and uh i'm assuming that the reason that you've got so much nintendo on your brain is because you watched the most recent nintendo direct where they announced the new smash brothers game. oh yeah for sure for sure okay and there, i mean there's <laughs> a lot of other reasons i just i still play my nintendo <laughs> i still play my switch i still have all of my systems my nintendo my n64 my wii set up to to go at any point in time. If you want to come over and play Smash Bros on 64, it's ready. We just turn it on. Right. But um but no, so then moving on from there, like they they definitely started the the the, the better of the video game era cuz uh, anyone that Yeah, has, they made it mainstream, knows, they made it accessible yeah, like, to everybody like, and they made it high quality. Right. Atari failed with ET. Everybody knows that. That was like the end of the the original video game era and then Nintendo ca- comes along with their NES system. And just <coughs> basically runs it, and they've been doing that since uh, what was it, nineteen eighty-seven? Believe so. I think is when, uh, yeah. Super yeah. Mario, the original Super Mario Brothers, I believe, was nineteen eighty-seven. The Famicom, the Famicom was released yes. in nineteen eighty-three, which is interestingly short for Family Computer. Yep. Yeah. And which became the NES, the Nintendo Entertainment System in America. Yes, and which was released in 1985. Um, and then in 1988, they made the Game Boy. They started venturing into the handhelds. So, dude, they had their, they had their claws in the the industry like way before anybody else even thought about doing well, this sort and of shit. Everybody remembers as a kid those um, like those Tiger Electronics games that were like yeah. the size of a Game Boy and it had the same number of buttons as a Game Boy, but it didn't function for shit. <laughs> yeah. Like it, it w- there was the, a lot of imitation the, products, the, but Game Boy was just always high highest quality available yep. portable gaming. Yeah, and so then moving on from there, like obviously they had the NES, which was groundbreaking, and then they had the Super Nintendo, which um, uh, was in. Oh God, what is the word? My words are failing me. They were in competition with Sega, um, right? So you had the Sega Genesis, the 16-bit year, exactly. And then, uh, then after 
Sega Genesis, um, Super Nintendo, or Nintendo, actually, wasn't Nintendo and Sony in talks to do a uh, disc and cartridge-based system that was supposed to be Super Nintendo? Okay, so the original... Um, the original PlayStation prototype, I believe, was a cartridge and CD-based uh, machine for Nintendo. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I believe Sony decided, or somewhere along the line, there was some sort of dispute, and Sony decided to make their own machine, um, at which point Nintendo said, okay, we're going to reinvest in um, you know, our, our other project, which is this 64-bit uh, 3D console, the N64, um, which, uh, oh, while able I to produce, a up of it. <laughs> yeah, while they were able to produce more colors with the N64, the the resolution was much lower than the PlayStation One, so it was a graphical trade off of brightness versus quality in some cases. Sure, um, but I guess Nintendo kind of started Sony video gaming in a, in a way. With uh, they had the SNES CD that was originally going to be made with Sony, and then Nintendo scrapped the whole project, and Sony went and made their own PlayStation, which then, like you were saying, competed with the 64. Now, and the the interesting part there, though, I think, is um, the use specifically of the Final Fantasy franchise by Square and Sony to legitimize PlayStation um, instantaneously. Mm especially in the Japanese market. It's very true. Because Sony was already a trusted company in the Japanese market, but they weren't in the gaming industry, so it was kind of like, eh, you know, what, what what's something we could do that would really legitimize us instantaneously? Yeah. And the only thing really from Nintendo's end that could do that for a new company would be the Final Fantasy franchise. So for them to be able to announce, you know, hey, Final Fantasy is moving to PlayStation only, yep. that was a huge huge thing that really it's probably made uh, made PlayStation a global player arguably is what legitimized them in the first place as a, as a player in that market. I would I would agree with that. Um and then you have now just now Square Enix and Nintendo are like making games again together. It's been almost 30 years or some shit. And, and they, at this point it's mutually beneficial to both companies right. again. Because I'm sure the the numbers for the most recent Final Fantasies have been down compared to the heyday, and right. I'm sure that the numbers for you know the best selling Nintendo title compared to the heyday is still down from where it used to be. So I'm sure they're realizing, hey, look, there's an opportunity here. If we get back together and do this the right way, we can make a lot of money. <laughs> by by the best Nintendo title down from what it used to be. What, what would you what do you mean by that? Um, so, like, I'm saying the top-selling Nintendo title today is probably Breath of the Wild, right? Yes. And that probably has sold a lot of copies, but, like, they've probably comparatively, you know, not sold as many copies as they sold of, say, um, uh, what was the what was the N64 one? Ocarina, Ocarina. of Time. Yeah. So, like, I- is the attach rate as high? Is it higher? Is there more copies of that game sold? That's what I'm wondering. Like, um, I want to know. Right now. I'd really like to know how many they're they're selling versus how many they used to sell, because back in those days, Nintendo. I mean, for a minute there, Nintendo was it. You know, mm. uh, Super Smash Brothers, Ocarina of Time, Donkey Kong sixty four, Mario sixty four. Um, 
Pokemon Stadium. Like there was a lot of games that you could only play on N sixty four, and they were huge. Goldeneye. I didn't even mention Goldeneye. Uh, there was the Star Wars games, the Shadows of the Empire. Like there was so many huge games on N sixty four. Yeah, there. I mean, there was there was a lot of groundbreaking games on there, and right now there's a lot of Nintendo is coming back in a huge way. Um, Breath of the Wild is the best-selling game of all time ever, with a 100% attach rate to the console. Every single wow. person that bought a Nintendo Switch bought Breath of the Wild. So how many Switches have they sold? Um, for the Switch version, it is 6.7 million copies. So, so that's 6.7 million Switches sold as well. So you're saying it's the best-selling game of all time as far as the attach rate goes. Yeah, I'm looking. Uh, because that, there's no way 6.7 million copies is the most sold of a game ever. Call of Duty has to have 10 million copies sold per year, I would think. Yes. I would say... It's impre- I would it say, is highly I would say impressive. It's, it's, the best, it's the game that is... Uh, the most sold with a console, I guess. That it's, and that's what I was going to say. That's still highly impressive because that means there's nobody out there with a Switch that doesn't own Zelda. <laughs> it's very true. I, yeah, there's no one that I know, at least. Um, yeah, it looks like... Uh, yep. So I guess the question is, does Nintendo need to have as many quality titles over as long but a even, period of time yeah, if even 100% now? of people buy them? <laughs> But then, but then you look at the Breath of the Wild is actually the third best-selling Switch game. Super Mario Odyssey and Mario Kart Eight are ahead of it. So wow. it's still it's still bringing on everyone with with all those different games. They're they're then you have Kirby coming out. Well, came out this last week. You got um, Smash Brothers. It just got got announced. The new Pokemon game. Uh, I mean, they're they're solidifying their place in history at this point as like the best in any generation. You know what I mean? It's, I feel Um, like, yeah, I see what you mean. I also really like that. Um, they're not worrying about cross play. (laughs) I think it's really funny that Xbox in particular is being like, Oh, the other two developers won't uh, let us give you guys cross play. So I guess that means they're evil, you know, like trying to paint themselves in a positive light. When really, from the Nintendo and Sony perspective, it's like, why should we give you these players? the o- The only players you have now are players you already stole from us. So why should we give you more? Like, yeah. <laughs> that's got to be how they feel. I think, man, I really think uh, Nintendo is going to merge with Sony at some point. No way in, in hell. You there's no way. You don't think so? There is no way. You don't think the so? The only way that would... Ha- no. There's no way that would ever happen. The only way that that would ever happen is if um, one company was going bankrupt and the other company bought them, which I, I don't foresee happening any time in the foreseeable future. Nintendo and Sony are like the two largest companies in Japan, I would have to think. Yeah. Outside of, outside of maybe Honda. But like, that's... <laughs> That's there's what? so much money between those two companies that even if even if the console divisions of Sony started taking a loss every year, I would imagine they could stay open for like another thousand years or what something. About, you know what I mean? Like, what about this uh, announcement and 
of Crash Bandicoot coming over. That's a that's a PlayStation only game coming to the Switch. It's also going um, to the Xbox though, which is kind of strange. It's actually a Naughty Dog title, right? It was created by an independent developer, but it was always published by Sony. But wasn't so wasn't Uncharted only a Sony game, or was that on Xbox as well? That's Naughty Dog. Which game? Uncharted. Right, Uncharted, Uncharted was also a Sony only game, but that's what I'm saying. Like, it's still, it's still. Um, uh, a Sony game, but it was developed uh, by a, some other developer. Sony published it. So do I these developers have the they have the upper hand and they can go and release it in any way they want? My guess is that they can do that with Crash Bandicoot specifically because it's a remake of a game um, that Sony still can sell. You can still play the old Crash Bandicoot games on the PS Now service. Oh yeah. So sure. yeah. So I mean it. I think Naughty Dog is a big enough studio now that they can say, you know, hey, Sony, you have to let us sell this individually, but we promise to let you keep Uncharted as an exclusive or something like that. And I'm pretty sure Sony has also poured money into the Uncharted franchise, like specifically to help it be developed. So Um, I'm thinking that, but just that, I mean, just that small example, and then you got Skyrim that was ported over again. I mean, Skyrim was released for what, the eighth time? Um, but right. there's, and that's there's so on, many that's different on every companies. platform in the world because yeah. Bethesda owns it themselves. Sure, and they didn't develop it in conjunction with any particular studio. But we still have these these companies that are now in talks with Nintendo to make better games. So if they can get their shit together, <laughs> and like by by get their shit together, I mean um, appeal to the masses more. Because at this point, what Nintendo I really is looked at as a as an old man system or a child system. You know what right. I mean? Kids so in their early 20s and stuff don't really give a fuck about a Switch at this point. So what I think the ultimate goal for Nintendo and Sony would be is to uh, remove Xbox from the market and then just compete directly with each other back and forth forever. I think they'd be fine with that. So do you think one of those companies would um, th- like take over Xbox? No, because no, Microsoft, Microsoft would just stop doing Microsoft, it. Yeah. yeah. Microsoft would shut down their console division before they would let it be acquired by <laughs> somebody true. else. That's true. I, didn't I, w- that. I would think. Um, that's. I mean, that's just a guess, obviously. I don't work for Microsoft. But, oh, there are too many um, Xbox players out there, though. <laughs> if they, There are. But, I mean, so remember there used to be Sega Genesis, and you had to get games for the Sega console and stuff like that? Yeah. Now you don't have that. Now Sega is a developer. Now you can get Sonic right. on three or four different consoles. Now you can get Dead or Alive on three or four different consoles. Right. I don't know what else Sega makes. I think they make some racing games, and uh, Virtua Fighter they probably make still. Um, I think they have a part so, of Tekken, too, and stuff like that. Yeah, I'm sure. So Sega is just a developer now, and right. from that perspective, they're like, "Hey, we could sell on t- to so many different consoles that we can make money a lot of different ways." That seems easier than trying to keep up in the console war every year. So at some point, there's a chance that Xbox becomes just a development suite, and there's no, you know, physical Xbox. It's just like, oh yeah, Xbox is Microsoft Gaming. They put out a, a new computer, game for PlayStation and Switch. Yeah, yeah. I mean, if that happens, it'll be way down the road from now, mm-hmm. but. I mean, Microsoft has done a pretty good job of building their own brand loyalty, I considering still, that they haven't been around nearly as long. I guess back to my to my original point, I still think that Nintendo's just the best at what they do. Um, they uh, they're the most. 
I got the the most I can say is they're, they're the most innovative. They continue to expand video games in ways that other companies don't really do as much. You know, like you you look at the PlayStation and how it's yes, the graphics have gotten better. Yes, the processing is way better and and all of that good stuff, but their controller hasn't changed. You know, one of my favorite things was as a kid when a new system came out, the fucking controller. Okay, so like <laughs> um and I that's that's, that's so a, that's on a random, this point, random tangent and going off on a random little thing, but like no, but no, seriously, no. like that was one of my favorite fucking things. And PlayStation has not changed their controller like once. So on this point, I'm gonna vehemently disagree with you, and I'm gonna explain to you a couple of things. Okay. The first one is PlayStation hasn't changed their controller in so long because you don't mess with perfection. <laughs> it fits perfectly into the hands. Seriously, it no, fits I perfectly it. into the it. hands of like eighty to ninety percent of people in the world. It. And that, so that's my it's a own, really that's like my good, perfect ergonomic of, design. I just I love the different. I loved when the 64 came out with that new controller. I loved when the GameCube came See? out and that had that controller, and it was it was sweet. It was a okay. More, so know, like I would the, argue like the that consoles. But hang on, I but argue then, the N64 controller is one of the worst ever. Uh, that's, I, I mean, that's fine. It 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 was it was the worst ever, but it was still fun. <laughs> it was still interesting and it like i don't know man figuring out how to hold the controller doesn't up my enjoyment of a game (laughs) it only took like one game to figure out how to really specifically come on specifically the gamecube controller is a fucking playstation controller and you know it i know that's what i was gonna say they (laughs) finally kind of got that together but then they flipped the switch again and made the wii which kind of kind of changed all sorts of things in the gaming industry uh look at playstation and microsoft they took um, those kind of ideas and made it into their own system. The motion control like trend. Yeah, they, and it was right. a huge trend for a good decade, I think, eight to ten years. And, I mean, now motion control is basically VR, which is... I was going to say, you sweet. could argue VR came out of that eventually. Right, which is, I'm very excited about that. But But now you got the Switch, which has not only the motion controls, but the very intricate controllers that have so many different um um uh, oh my god what's the word so my words are just different configurations and customizabilities not, not but obviously but like but more sensibility senses senses a ton of senses i guess you could say but yeah, then but the 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 selling point of the switch is clearly the portability and that's what i was like, going to get into again is their their controller is basically the same as a playstation controller now you you right. get the pro controller and it's the same exact thing but they're totally winning in in the aspect that you can just take that game and go with it. So now all these developers, as far as I've read, are in talks to make games that would come out on a PlayStation and now they're going to come out on a Switch because so many people are, are buying a Switch now and Nintendo is coming coming back up. and, and it, just covers a sp- it covers a specific market, but the thing is that you can't... You cannot um, challenge Nintendo in the handheld market. You simply can't do it. No, nobody no owns way. a nobody owns a PSP. Nobody owns a PS no. Vita. No. Nobody ever owned a Sega Game Gear. I mean, I know that I've seen them, and they've you know ten they people exist. had one, but yeah. literally nobody basically had them. So it's it's you can't challenge Nintendo in that market. So a lot of developers of games of software are realizing, oh, let's make games for the switch so that we can get a piece of that handheld market. Right. But I don't think a Nintendo themselves to me is a good company. They really are. But every time they put out a console, I get the same seven games out of them. I get Pokemon, I get Mario, I get um, Kirby, 
I get a Luigi game. I get a Smash sure. Brothers game. The, I'm not complaining ones. about no, the I, games. I, I really that. like those games. I like Metroid. I like those games. Those are good games. But And that's I what mean, makes me so excited about the Switch because <laughs> we're going to get more of those outside developers coming in to make different games. That's true. You're getting Doom Switch. on Switch now. Um, amongst so many other things. You had... Uh, yeah. We had... It wasn't Duke Nukem already. I mean, Duke Nukem was stupid, but I think it was released on there. Tons of games, though. There's I mean, Skyrim, Terraria, Doom. There's tons of games that you would have never thought would be on a Nintendo Rocket console League. that are coming to Nintendo. Yeah. yeah. And and even with Rocket League uh, further, they're, they're making it, I think... Um, uh, playable with all the other consoles. What do you call that? Inter interplayable or interplayable? That's the crossplay that we cross were talking play. about earlier. Yeah, yeah. Rocket League. The developer of Rocket League, Psionics, is one of the first developers to try to put pressure on the big three companies to allow crossplay. Right. Um, basically, what they did was they came out and said, "Hey, the architecture for crossplay exists. We built it into the game. Right now, it's up to Xbox, Sony, and Nintendo and PC to allow us to do this." So then Xbox came out, brilliantly came out, and was like, hey, we're fine with that. How about you, PlayStation and Nintendo? Because they knew there was no way in hell PlayStation and Nintendo were going to agree to that. <laughs> but they are able to come out and say that they're fine with it so that they can look really great and the other two companies can look evil by comparison. Right. But there's, I mean, there's no reason compelling Nintendo and PlayStation to do that. Like I said, but Nintendo and PlayStation... They had 100% of the market share before Xbox came along, and now Xbox is saying, why won't you share our players with us? And Xbox and PlayStation, er, Xbox, uh, PlayStation and Nintendo are going, really? You <laughs> yeah. stole your market from us, <laughs> and now you want to share? Doesn't that <laughs> seem kind of backwards, you yeah. know? So No shit. Yeah. I, I mean, if, if cross-play I, ends up happening, that'll be great. But I think for now, just play console games on whichever, friend, on whichever consoles your friends play console games on. Yeah, that's. I hate that. I wish that I could play Destiny on Switch with you while you're playing it on the PlayStation, you know. But they're cheap now. I mean, consoles are cheap now. You know, a couple hundred bucks gets you a console. So sure. you can own a PlayStation and a Nintendo and an Xbox if you absolutely need to. If it's you have true. some desired exclusive for every system, it's really not that expensive to own all of them. You know, back in the day, a PlayStation 1 was like $600. Yeah. yeah. So, 64 is worth you know, or three fifty, yeah. four hundred bucks, I think. Seriously, but so I mean, you know, now for two or three hundred bucks, you can go out and get two consoles. Basically, mm -hmm. <laughs> I mean, you could get a Wii U and a PS4 for three hundred bucks. Yeah. I would argue you could find that in almost any town. That's true. <laughs> I still, I mean, a lot of a lot of good, a lot of good points. I know, I know, but I'm still gonna stubbornly stand my ground and say that Nintendo is is the best at 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 the at the video game market um that's my opinion obviously i'm sure there's not a lot of people that agree with me on that but um i, I respectfully emphatically disagree yeah no I, but I, I understand and it's it's a big part of it is because i've played since i was such a little kid you know i've i've been on nintendo yeah. forever and Maybe I'm just and none of these other companies exist without Nintendo. So there, yeah, and that's very, very true. Can't really, can't really argue that one. <laughs> um, but yeah, did you? I don't really have much else to say. I just kind of wanted to argue that point a little bit, get your perspective on everything, and kind of, you know, I, I don't really need to say much. Everybody knows 
the reasons I love Nintendo and why I always support Nintendo and always play those games and you know that they will always be my favorite company. Again, I have a pl- uh, PS4 and I play the shit out of that. I'm gonna as soon as we're done recording, I'm gonna go play some some Bloodborne. It's the most frustratingly hard game I've ever played, but I cannot stop <laughs> playing it. So, um, my, I think my last thought on the whole thing, like I said, would just be. Whatever it, your game is, you know, whatever that that one game is that you love to play, no matter what, just play that game and don't be ashamed to love it as much as you do. Sure, there's always going to be people out there criticizing that game, like, well, why doesn't a game do this, that, and the other thing? It totally could. It could always be better. Yeah, they could always be better. Right. But some of us just play the games that we have. And if you like that game, like that game despite everyone else. And sure. if you know you know what that game is that you like that everybody else hates, tell us what it is because we'd love to hear you talk about it. Definitely. Um, and if if you wanna you wanna get your two cents in about why Nintendo's the worst company ever, and you wanna put me in my place, again, send us an email, send us a comment, whatever you wanna do. Um, I think that's gonna be it for our show. If you don't have a Nintendo Switch, go buy one. There's some amazing things coming out for it, and I would love to play with you guys online. I have like three friends on my Switch, so it'd be <laughs> cool to have some more. Um, cool. But yeah, um, that's my that. last word for the week is going to be, you know, if you can't find it within yourself to stand up and do what's right, then you don't deserve to wear that uniform. <laughs> <laughs> wise words from a wise Vulcan. We will have a poll up again uh, this week, probably Tuesday or Wednesday. Um, Thank you for your continued support and listening and participating in these polls. Um, We definitely can't do these shows without you at all now. Um, So so the more participation and support we get from you guys, the the more topics we can share and the more intricate our polls can get. Um, Yeah, that's all I that's all I got. Uh, Thanks. Thanks again. My name is Josh. My name is Jesse. Be cool to each other. With a twist my podcast, and we will talk at you next week. The Twist My Arm crew thanks you for listening to this episode of the Twist My Arm Podcast. The Twist My Arm Podcast theme song was written and performed by the Hot Dang Gang.